nor do I want to have this feeling be prolonged as well. So I got to figure out what is causing me to feel this way. <laughs> this is the Hello 20s podcast. My name is Yan and I'm your host. I'm an online content creator trying to navigate life while in my 20s and sprinkling a little knowledge and wisdom here and there. Let's face it, we don't have it all figured out, but we can learn a little from each other along the way, and I'm so glad you guys are tuning in on today's podcast. Hi friends, welcome to this week's episode of Hello 20s. Today's episode will be a chatty one and maybe some life updates. I haven't done one of these in a while. I feel like in my earlier seasons, I did life updates, especially in the beginning of each episode. This season, I haven't been doing that partly because when I am listening to a podcast, I find myself skipping a lot of the beginning parts when the host is just doing life updates because I just want to get to the topic of the episode. So when I am recording my episodes, I like formatting it in a way where we just get straight to it. Then I can do life update content for episodes like this where it is more chatty and I feel like it's more suitable for that. Another reason why I stopped doing life updates in the beginning of my episodes is because I feel like not much is going on or worth sharing. (laughs) Um, A part of me knows that that's not true, but maybe I only feel this way because I'm actually living every day. So I get to see what's going on every single day and it's just not new to me. It feels very normal compared to when I hear about other people's life and what they do every day. It sounds a lot more exciting. I think life as an adult can be so routine and monotonous that it feels the same every day. There's nothing big or new to share about, or at least not very often. And I think to some capacity, we all feel this way. But when you go on YouTube and you see people sharing their daily and weekly vlogs, you'll find that there is an audience that loves seeing those type of contents. They love seeing what you do every day. They love seeing what you do every week. And even though overall it's consistently the same, there's still little things here and there that are different. And when you are living the life, it feels like every day is just the same thing over and over again. But when you record and rewatch it, you'll notice little changes and subtle progress that are hard to spot on the day to day. Anyways, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. I guess it's that we all think we live a life that is boring and nothing is worth sharing and updating about, but that's not true. Like YouTube has proven that that's not true. We only feel this way because we are the ones who experience our own life every moment, every second from the day not the day, from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep, we are experiencing it. So it doesn't feel cool because it's not new compared to when we hear or see other people living their life. But they probably feel the same way as we do. So lately, the past two weeks have felt overwhelming. There's definitely like pros and cons of working nine to five, especially working from home. But lately, I feel like there's not enough time in the day to do all that I want to do. Like the nine to five life is taking up majority of my time <laughs> and I, I wish I can shorten it. But I am grateful to 
work from home and even have a job right now, especially with so many tech layoffs that are happening. But at the same time, I feel like I've been living every week waiting for the weekend and that is not a good feeling to have. Nor do I want to have this feeling be prolonged as well. So I got to figure out what is causing me to feel this way. <laughs> if I could, I would want to spend like a month or two just working on artistic and creative things and spend my day doing things that I intuitively feel like doing that day instead of having things that I need to do and following through a to-do list. Anyways, moving on. Recently, my binge on YouTube are history, travel, and art videos. I love watching history videos since I was a kid. I love watching documentaries. I think it's so cool to learn about other civilizations and the history of people, country, and cultures. The more you learn about like the history of a country or culture, the more you understand things and how and why they are the way they are today. I was watching a video on the different ethnic groups in China and I learned that the ethnic group that my mom belongs to have a dialect that is closely related to Thai and Lao. What I think is so interesting about linguistics and understanding language family groups is that the more you dig deep into it, the more you also learn about the migration of people and the influence that different groups of people have had to create the language or the dialect that we know of today. Honestly, if I had more time on my hand, I would definitely like want to spend more time learning and looking into specific languages and the dialects, but that's just the multi-passionate side of me that is speaking right now. But anyway, speaking of languages, lately I've been getting back into studying Chinese. I was looking at Chinese calligraphy and realized just how pretty it is. It made me want to practice Chinese Mandarin more. I'm hoping the next time I visit China, I'll be able to read more, but it's hard, you know. Uh, the characters that you see on textbooks are so neatly written, but when you're in China, the menus that you see, the store signs that you see, and a lot of other stuff. It's not as neatly written as you see it in textbooks. Or the font that is used can change the way that the character looks slightly, just like the way cursive makes you know the regular English letters look a little bit different. It's like similar to that. So I gotta practice more is my whole point of this. <laughs> Speaking of traveling, I mentioned I've been binge watching travel videos. The account that I've been binging on is Drew Binsky on YouTube. I really enjoy his videos. He explores places that aren't just tourist hotspots and he really dives into like the culture and the people. So definitely check him out if you are interested in travel videos. He has some crazy travel stories as well and he's just really entertaining. At least I think he's really entertaining. So definitely check him out. The other types of videos I've been binging are art videos, specifically gouache and ceramics. Recently, I purchased a gouache paint set. It's a medium that is thicker, opaque watercolor. I guess you can describe it as that. I've been, or that is actually how you describe it. <laughs> I've been um, seeing a lot of vibrant and studio Ghibli-like paintings from gouache, so I wanted to try it out myself. And 
I've been watching videos on how to use gouache and just people painting with gouache. It's really relaxing to watch, but it's also very inspiring. So I've been doing that, but you know, people make it seem like it's very easy, but it's not. It's definitely not as easy as I thought it would be. You can't use too much water or else it'll be too streaky. And if you don't use enough water, it's gonna be too thick. So I'll need some time to play around with it before I create something that I like. You know, I think my issue is I just wanna jump right in and expect to create a piece that I love. Sometimes it works out that way, right? But I often forget that it took a lot of patience and adjusting colors and tweaking around to finally get a product or a finished piece that I love. And funny enough, I'm actually experiencing this part of the learning curve with pottery. I've been watching so many videos of people working on the pottery wheel. And when I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, looks simple enough. I understand a concept. I understand where I have to place my hands what I need to do, but then I get to studio and as I'm working on the clay, it's like I've forgotten everything I've learned and watched. It's the most frustrating thing ever. Last week, I finally convinced a friend to join me on a pottery session and it was fun to do it together and the older women who were there were helping us as well and they mentioned how it took them years to finally get centering correct. Centering is the process of getting clay centered on the wheel. It's not just like slamming the clay down in the center and you're done. It's also bringing the clay up and down many, many times until it's centered and in the middle, perfectly in the middle. Getting your clay centered is the foundation of wheel throwing. If your clay is not centered, then as you open and build up your clay, it's gonna be wobbly and uneven. So it's a really crucial step. As I'm on this plateau of my ceramic journey, not really improving, it feels discouraging. The other day I was in the studio for three hours and everything I made was just not right or what I had expected. So I just ended up clumping the pieces back to a ball and it felt like I was just not getting anywhere and I've been practicing for weeks. I've been watching others do it for weeks, but I just, I, I was having a hard time building my walls up and making them even. This experience reminded me of a essay I had read recently that I wanted to share with you all. This essay is from the book 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think by Brianna Weiss. And the specific essay I'm talking about is number 25 titled The Psychology of Getting Unstuck in the Three Stages of Making Habits Autonomous. So this essay is about how to make habits stick, but I think it also applies to learning new things. She mentions that there are three stages we go through in order to acquire new skills. There's cognitive, which is mentally understanding and processing what it is that you need to do. Then you have a associative, which is when there is still this effort that you need to consciously put in in order to do the task, but it's less mentally strenuous. And then lastly, we have autonomous, which is when we are on autopilot and can effortlessly do something. I'm going to read a few paragraphs straight from this essay because I think it explains this so well. So it reads, it is sometime between the last two phases that we get caught in some sort of plateau. We do the task often enough, but our expectations of how we should perform is still miles away from how we think it should be. 
It is what Ira Glass calls the creative gap, the point at which most people give up. For the first couple of years, you make stuff. It's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They quit. If you are just starting out or you are still in this phase, you gotta know it's normal and the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you will finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. It's gonna take a while. It's normal to take a while. You just gotta fight your way through. The difference between the people who persevere to see their work rises to their standard and the people who toss in the towel is not one of sheer unprecedented talent. It's just a matter of having often uncomfortable commitment to keep growing. So as I was driving back from the studio that night, this essay popped into my mind. Closing that creative gap is hard, especially if you are starting something new. You may have started this new endeavor because you were inspired by those who you saw doing it and you saw them doing it well. And I mean, that's really how we get sucked into trying a lot of new things is because other people make it look good enough for us to try it ourselves. But we often forget that they probably had years of practice behind them. So when you start, it's discouraging when you try and try yet can't make what you had in mind. And this essay was a good reminder that a lot of people will feel discouraged and quit when it gets hard. But if you can push through and just practice in a you know, large amount of volume with the sake of just practicing and getting into the habit, slowly but surely you will get close to what you had imagined you would create in your mind. We tend to romanticize the idea of overnight success, but majority of success is rooted in a lot of practice over an extended amount of time. And I think we often forget that or we don't really think about that because that requires a lot of time and it requires a lot of effort. So I hope this reached you if you are starting something new, whether it's a skill or making habits autonomous in your life. You know, it's called a learning curve for a reason. And once you are able to push through, you will soar. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to you guys in my next episode. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Hello 20s. Let's get connected and continue our conversation over on social media. The links are in the show notes, so you're only one click away. I hope to see you there and I'll talk to you guys in my next episode.